What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a ton of topics to get into, including what rivalries are most important to be preserved for future SEC schedule. We'll run through a couple of those. Also, some tidbits as Kentucky starts their spring ball, and Billy Napier makes a hire to his staff. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, I wanted to carry over some of our conversation from yesterday as we were getting into what future SEC scheduling would look like. And Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, of course, had put out uh, reported nine-game SEC annual opponents the three rivalry games that your team would play permanently each year. And Brian Kelly over at LSU, he had a chance to sit down with Heather Dinich at ESPN and responded to Nick Saban's comments last week where Nick Saban kind of said, yeah, look, um, I'm all for this uh, nine-game schedule, but uh, giving us three permanents of Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU, not exactly – the same as what some other people will be getting. And so uh, Brian Kelly gave his comments on it, and he said Monday he's in favor of facing nine league league games because he wants to, quote, play the best, and that would include playing Alabama as a permanent opponent. Again, there are projections that the SEC would move to a model without divisions. Teams would play six rotating SEC opponents and three permanent. Brian Kelly said the model he was given – included LSU getting Alabama, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M as fixed opponents. He said, I've been in this for three decades, and no disrespect to any of the other schools that we play outside the SEC, but they just don't excite me. I want to play the best. I came here to the SEC because I wanted to play against Alabama. I want to play A&M. I want to play Auburn, the great teams. And in our new scheduling, we would get Bama every year, Ole Miss, and A&M every year. And that's really why I came here. I want to play those games. And I think playing nine SEC games is great for your schedule and it prepares for the opportunity to play for a championship, uh, but also play for a national championship. Uh, Kelly reacted to Saban questioning the fairness of having to play Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. He said, I think everybody has their take on their schedules. Nick has never backed down from a ta- challenge. I'm not too worried about whether Nick Saban is going to have his team ready to play when he plays LSU. He'll be ready. I get what Brian Kelly's saying, but also... Look, there, there needs to be some fairness in this. You're creating a tough road uh, for some of these teams or tougher road than what uh, some other teams will get. And so I think there has to be part of that. But, look, the conversation has to start with preserving rivalries. And let's just throw it out there. Some of the rivalries that ha- absolutely have to be preserved. I think Alabama-Auburn, the Iron Bowl is one. I think Alabama-Tennessee... Look, Bear Bryant made that rivalry a priority. I think that one has to stand. LSU and Ole Miss, the Magnolia Bowl, I think or uh, I think that one has to stand. I'm actually surprised there wasn't more fight for an Arkansas-LSU. It's the battle for the golden boot. It's a rivalry. Um, Arkansas A&M, I think, is one. Florida-Georgia has to, has to stay. 
I think Georgia-Auburn heated historically rival historic rivalry. I think Kentucky and Tennessee is one that would need to stay. And, of course, in, in this scenario, they don't have that. It's a regional rivalry. Extends the basketball, but it's an underrated one on the football field. Uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, the Egg Bowl has got to stay. Uh, with Missouri, I think Arkansas, and obviously that one that they want to keep in this scenario. Uh, South Carolina and Georgia. Again, another border war that's that's picked up steam. And then, of course, with AM, I would say Texas. Uh I would give I would give Texas AM Arkansas. So those are just ones that I think need to be played. But again, there, there's no fair way to sit do this. If, if we're telling Alabama we gotta keep the Iron Bowl and we gotta keep the rivalry with Tennessee. I mean, do you just give them Vanderbilt, or do you say, nah, the LSU-Alabama game gets ratings every year, and as far as TV networks go, we got to keep that one on the schedule. So we'll, we'll have more discussion on this in the coming weeks, but I was just adding to the conversation with Brian Ke- Kelly's comments, responding to Nick Saban. Some other uh, news going on around the conference. LSU did add a major prospect to their 2024 recruiting class over the weekend, three-star edge rusher Ahmad Bro uh, announced his commitment to LSU. He was previously committed to Duke, but backed off that pledge. Comes from Ruston, Louisiana, up in North Louisiana. Six foot three, two hundred fifty-five pounds, and uh, ranks as the six hundred sixty-seventh overall prospect, number fifty-three edge rusher, and the number fifteen player from the state of Louisiana. LSU's already got ten commitments in their twenty twenty-four class. Ranks uh, top five, according to the 24-7 composite rankings. In other news going on around the conference, Kentucky. They're getting started with their spring practice. And Mark Stoops, uh, Kentucky, they uh, are getting underway with some new faces, including Devin Leary, the former NC State quarterback, coming in and looking to make an early impression. Mark Stoops said, to my eye, it was basically an entire practice, and he was just fine and looked really good. Uh, he was also asked about former five-star defensive lineman and Keyshawn Silver coming from North Carolina. Stoops was asked, you mean the guy out there at six foot five, 330 pounds? Yeah, he's pretty damn good. He has three years left. He's a monster. Stoops was uh, asked about last season kind of uh, falling short of where they want it to be. He said, I'm not going to let that happen again. Uh, other notes for Kentucky, he announced several players will be out until further notice because of injuries, including O-lineman Nick Hall, running back Ramon Jefferson, tight end Josh Caddis, tight end Jordan Dingle, and the lineman Khalil Saunders. So that is the latest there as Kentucky getting going with their spring ball and higher expectations. Look, Will Levis getting talked about as a top five draft prospect and uh, they are uh, may not miss a beat with Devin Leary coming in very very productive quarterback from over at NC State and going to help try to solidify that Kentucky offense Liam Cohen back coming back helps Rich Gangarello wasn't the guy but Liam Cohen was two years ago we'll see if that offense looks even better than it did a year ago with Liam Cohen coming back and running things. And we'll get to some more stuff going on around the conference in just a second, including a promotion 
over at Florida for Billy Napier. That's coming your way in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to go try a Built Bar. Uh, they are covered in 100% real chocolate, come in some amazing flavors like the churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, Tons of great flavors. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, tons of them. You need to go check them out over at Built.com. And what makes Built Bar so special is they're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein packed in there. So if you're just having a workout, just did some weightlifting, you want to pack on some protein, Built Bars are the way to go. Again, go to Built.com, check them out. You can also find them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Go into your local Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of the cookies and cream or coconut puffs. They got it for you there at Walmart. Again, Built.com for more information on Built Bars. Go try them today. Along here, a locked on SEC, and we talk about teams getting started with their spring ball. I had a couple teams get started last week, a couple more this week, and before you know it, all the teams will be out there on the practice field getting ready for their spring practice. So let's jump into it. Some tidbits to touch on. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we head on over to Gainesville as Billy Napier has decided. On one of his new on-field assistants, multiple outlets reporting that off-field staffer Russ Calloway is now Florida's tight ends coach. Calloway came over to join the Florida support staff last year, spent 2021 as an offensive assistant with the New York Giants, and in 2020 was an analyst over at LSU. He was an assistant at Samford for five seasons as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, then receivers coach. Prior to that, he was the recruiting coordinator at Murray State. He was on staff at Alabama for the Crimson Tide's back-to-back BCS titles in 2011-2012, assisted Kirby Smart, worked with the inside linebackers, was also on that 2011 Alabama staff as an analyst, and coached a lot of different positions at a lot of different places, brings a lot of experience. And so Florida expected to name Russ Calloway as their new tight ends coach. It's just kind of funny because yesterday we talked about the fact that Billy Napier said, oh, there's no rush to, to make promotions here. We're going to take our time. Well, he uh, took his time and a day later announced that Russ Calloway, the new tight ends coach. So good news there for the Florida Gators. How about a little, it's the first time we're going to do this, but we're going to mix in some Texas news into our SEC tidbits around the SEC. Um, I just think this is newsworthy. Steve Sarkeesian talked with ESPN's Dave Wilson on Monday and said that there will indeed be a quarterback competition at Texas this offseason between the incumbent Quinn Ewers and five-star freshman Arch Manning. Manning is a true freshman, but one of the top quarterback prospects in recent memory, bringing a lot of fame and attention, of course, being the Manning bloodline, and now he'll be gunning for the starting job at Texas in year one. Here was uh, Sark's statement. He said, I'm not worried about who's going to be on the cover of what magazine next week. 
I'm more focused on is each guy focusing on what they need to do to develop to be the best player they can be. Quinn Ewers has had an entire year of a head start, but I don't want to hold Arch back. I want to see how far he can take this thing and what it can look like. Wouldn't it be weird? What if Arch Manning goes in there and performs well and Quinn Ewers takes a step back? I know it's not likely, but what if? Would Texas start Arch Manning as a true freshman? We'll see. Uh, Ewers, obviously, like we said, has the upper hand. He was the number one overall recruit in the class of 2022. Started 10 games for the Longhorns after spending his first year at Ohio State. Threw for over 2,100 yards, 15 touchdowns, and six interceptions. There is a current SEC tie here. Texas will go to Alabama in week two this this season in a non-conference game. And uh, going to Tuscaloosa, never easy. Man, it would be a heck of a storyline if Arch Manning was the guy leading that team. Keep in mind, Quinn Ewers performed well against Alabama last year before he got knocked out of the game. Um, Bryce Young needed that late run, that late drive to rally Alabama for the game winner. But, um, yeah, nonetheless, something to keep an eye on. And, yeah, we'll slowly work in some Texas and Oklahoma nuggets in here since next summer they'll be part of the SEC. It's going to be weird. All right, a quick uh, baseball nugget because we got some uh, SEC hoop stuff we're going to get to in the final segment. Uh, Tennessee baseball completed a sweep over Gonzaga over the weekend. They have now won 11 in a row after dropping their first two games of the season. And uh, Bryce Jenkins earned the win for Tennessee. And the top of the Tennessee lineup was very good on Sunday. First, Vols' first five batters drove in 13 runs. And their new addition, Maui Ahuna, Drove in four runs, and, and he has fit in perfectly. The Kansas transfer made his Tennessee debut uh, against Charleston Southern. And, again, looks like a comfortable piece right in that, uh, in that lineup. So, Tennessee looks good. LSU had a really good weekend. And the SEC just loaded with baseball talent once again. But uh, 11 straight wins for Tennessee. It's it's. That's an impressive stat in college baseball because, you know, some of the midweek games, every now and then somebody will bite up and get you. And granted, we're not in the SEC play just yet, but congrats to Tony Vitello's crew doing a fantastic job so far to start the season. All right, coming up next, we're going to run through a couple of SEC hoops nuggets as the basketball postseason awards have come out for the SEC. That's coming your way in just a second. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. We've been telling you guys we hit that midway point in the NBA season, and now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to points scored, three-pointers drained. Uh, FanDuel even lets you combine your pets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. Look, uh, college hoops, season's winding down. You want to make sure you are in there and you don't miss out on the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. We can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, one more nugget before we call it a show. And uh, 
going to be a lot of fun throughout this week. The SEC tournament, of course, getting underway. And uh, we, we showed you the bracket already a little bit earlier this week. But uh, play getting underway Wednesday evening. It'll be Ole Miss against South Carolina and then LSU versus Georgia. And uh, we're going to preview a little bit of the hoops uh, SEC hoops tournament. And we're going to talk with Blake Lovell on tomorrow's show get his thoughts on who's on the bubble, who's still got work to do, who needs to prove themselves to the selection committee this week. So we're going to get into that. But uh, did want to get into a couple of uh, postseason awards that were handed out. The SEC coming out with their men's basketball postseason awards selected from voting by the league's coaches. Texas A&M's Buzz Williams and Vanderbilt's Jerry Stackhouse shared SEC Coach of the Year honors, while Brandon Miller was selected SEC player of the year i've talked about it look we can talk all we want about brandon miller and what happened off the court but on the court he has been one of the most exciting players in the sec this year definitely deserved sec player of the year honors everything else aside uh buzz williams fantastic job with texas a&m how many people had texas a&m as one of the best teams in the sec coming into this year we know he's a great coach we know he's had some talent but uh they put it all together and Texas A&M, fantastic season. And then Jerry Stackhouse. Look, Vanderbilt was expected to be one of the worst teams this year. They lost Scottie Pippen Jr. and had a couple players, but expectations were low for Vanderbilt this year. So for them to get some big upset wins throughout the season, fantastic year from him. So congrats to both of those guys. Missouri's Kobe Brown, he picked up SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year. He was so fun to watch. Uh, Brandon Miller was tapped SEC Freshman of the Year. Vanderbilt's Liam Robbins was named Defensive Player of the Year, and Alabama's Javon Quinterly and Kentucky's Antonio Reeves were voted co-SEC Sixth Man of the Year. Quinterly, so good off the bench for Alabama. Uh, The team's first team came out. It was Alabama's Brandon Miller, Florida's Colin Castleton. Man, brutal injury that that he suffered. Uh, Kentucky Oscar Shibway, what a career for Oscar. Uh, This will probably be it for him, but, man, what a year he had. Uh, Mississippi State's Tolu Smith, Missouri's Kobe Brown, Tennessee, Santiago Vescovi, Wade Taylor over at AM, and Vanderbilt's Liam Robbins. That was your first team, uh, SEC team. Coming in on the second team, it was Alabama's Mark Sears, Anthony Black and Ricky Council from Arkansas, Johnny Broom from Auburn, as well as Rendell, Wendell Green from Auburn, KJ Williams from LSU. Man, bad year for LSU, but KJ Williams was their only bright spot. If they didn't have him, I don't think they would have won a game this year. Uh, Zai Ziegler from uh, Tennessee. Again, another tough injury suffered to him recently. Tyrese Radford from AM. And then your all defensive team Charles Bediaco from Alabama, Devontae uh, Debo Davis from Arkansas, Colin Castleton, Florida, uh, Zakai Ziegler from Tennessee, and Liam Robbins from Vanderbilt. So there you have it. Those are your uh, postseason awards in SEC Hoops and. Been a fun season, man. I think these tournament games are going to be a lot of fun to see uh, who can play disruptor and pull off some upsets. Going to be uh, it'll be some fun games, and of course, some teams still with something left to prove. I'm looking at Arkansas, I'm looking at Auburn. You know, Kentucky could really send a statement, maybe improve their seating if if they run rampant through this tournament, get some get some wins, maybe over an Alabama or a Tennessee. So. 
Still a lot to uh, to happen this week in SEC hoops, and we'll talk about it uh, as the week moves along. This has been Locked on SEC, a little bit shorter version today. Uh, not the biggest newsworthy day, but wanted to run through just some of those nuggets for you guys. And again, tomorrow, if you're an SEC hoops person, you definitely want to catch our conversation with Blake Lovell. That'll be up tomorrow on Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out the brand-new Locked on College Hoops podcast. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Hear from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.